0: Up, Simon Hill and John Cosmina with you for the next hour. Coming up, we'll take a deeper dive into the Socceroos' final opponents in the group stage. Denmark, review all the Day 9 action, including the favourites Brazil and their game against Switzerland. And look ahead to Day 10, which features England against Wales and that big grudge game between the Americans and Iran. Uh, but first, as usual, it's our hot topic, thanks to Guzman y Gomez, fast food that athletes say yes to. And our hot topic today, Cosi centres on the two most famous players in the world at the moment. Leo Messi, who scored his eighth World Cup finals goal against Serbia, a strike which brought him level with his great rival, Cristiano Ronaldo, ahead of their match with Uruguay uh, this evening. So, who is the greatest of the modern era? We're asking you as well for your view. Send us a tweet at Global uh, uh, for me, Cosy, it's Leo Messi. I think he's
1: the better of the two. What's your verdict? I concur, Simon, 100%. Look, Ronaldo has moments, and there's times when I really admire what he does. He's an unbelievable athlete, and his, his application to looking after himself mm. um, you know, is phenomenal. His work ethic um, off the field to maintain that shape he's got. Um, on the field, he doesn't like to work too hard defensively. But Messi, for me, is—he's got so much more to offer. He's—he's um, he's clever. He's versatile. Um, he scores some really, really clever finishes, like deft finishes, not yeah. the, the power, dynamic finishes that you get with with Ronaldo. And um, he's got that little touch of humility that superstars need sometimes as well. I, I think his rival doesn't. Uh,
0: this is, of course, their last chance to win a World Cup. Neither has, has won it before. Uh, which one
1: has the better chance, in your opinion? Oh, it has to be Messi. Yeah. But Argentina, definitely. I mean, they're amongst the favourites to start with. Portugal, I think, you know, they could be there or thereabouts, but they really need things to fall in, um, in their favour, and they need a lot of luck on their side. Uh, since
0: 2008, the pair have won 12 of the 14 Ballon d'Or awards on offer. Messi on seven occasions, Ronaldo on five. Only uh, Luka Modric and Karim Benzema have broken their stranglehold. It's almost like the, the the Sampras-Agassi rivalry, or Djokovic and uh, Nadal and Federer. Do do you think oh. we'll
1: see their likes again? You know, almost sharing the individual honours between them. I think uh, we went through a fairly unique time. Mm. Uh, football's evolved since they made their debuts, and um, you see a lot of good younger players coming through. Once they, um, I guess, take their final bow, let's see who steps into the breach. Okay, that's your hot topic for Guzman y Gomez,
0: home of clean, healthy burritos, bowls that athletes say yes to. Uh, If you want to tell us who you think is the greatest of the modern era, Messi or Ronaldo, then tweet us at Global Game, SEN. Uh, cosy let's talk Socceroos. The countdown now well and truly on with the game against Denmark just 48 hours away. Uh, we'll talk more in depth about the Socceroos tomorrow, but uh, in the meantime, let's take a bit of a deeper dive into the Danes and try and find out what makes them tick. Casper um, Hulman, who's their coach, he has a, a real uh, a talented squad at his disposal, but the Christian Eriksen story in particular is incredible, isn't it? I mean, he basically died on the pitch during the Euros. Uh, Now he's back playing for his country and for Manchester United. Uh, My question to you is, is he the same player as he was before?
1: Hard to judge. Mm. Um, I mean, he had a lot of momentum um, when he did have collapse at the Euros um, a year or so back. But um, it's a phenomenal story, isn't it? That he was actually dead on the pitch and now, you know, just... Not a a short time later, he's he's playing in a World Cup. Look, I think he's probably still got all of the quality. He has contributed exceptionally well at United. Um, He still runs the show for the Danes as well. He's, um, He's their talisman. Who stops him for Australia?
0: Well, <clears throat> is it a collective
1: effort, Excuse or me. do you do you stick somebody on him? No, like... Arnie will not. Arnie wouldn't play yeah. um, a man for man type style. But um, look, it's got to. You look at your Jackson Irvine's. They'll definitely start an Aaron Moy, and they've just got to to share the load. They just mm. have to be aware of him. If you set up to stop one particular player, um, you're leaving yourself open. Um, to get your shape pulled out of, or well, get pulled out of shape to start with. So I think they'll just look at how, what he's capable of, what his, what his movements are, um, and just be aware that when he's got the ball, you need to get on him and shut him down fairly quickly.
0: Australia would probably have needed three players to stop Kylian Mbappe, that's for sure. Um, in terms of Denmark, defensively, they're going to be difficult to break down. Uh, you look at their back three and the quality of the clubs that they represent. Andreas Christensen is at Barcelona. <laughs> Simon Kiet, AC Milan. Joachim Andersen is uh, probably the lesser-known name of the three. He plays in the Premier League with Crystal Palace. They're all top quality, and they've got Kasper Schmeichel uh, behind them as well. So it, it's going to be tough for Australia to score.
1: It will, but if you look at France, they played a 4-3-3, not dissimilar to what we do. Um, they're, you know... Uh, Possession was fairly evenly distributed when uh, the Danes were beaten by France the other night. Um, but the French actually managed to get 21 attempts on goal, only seven on target. Um, the Danes could only muster 10 shots, only two on target. So um, as much as they defend well, I mean, obviously you look at the um, the difference in quality with France and, and our front three. You've got Mbappé, Dembele, Giroud. Uh, you know, we've got Mitch Duke, Craig Goodwin, and um, who we got out on the right, Matt Leckie. So mm. it... Um, they're not quite in the same bracket, uh, but look, if we work hard and we work hard to get in behind them and try and pin them back, I think we can create some opportunities. Pinning them back might
0: be key because, of course, they have the two wingbacks, Rasmus Christensen of Leeds, a very powerful athletic defender who gets forward. Uh, Joachim Mahler down the left scores a lot of goals for an international left wingback. Uh, so potentially a busy night for the likes of Aziz Beach and Craig Goodwin on that side. And, of course, on the other flank, where Mahler is going to be attacking, Australia have got a, a bit of an issue in the right fullback position. Who is the best person to play? I know we've talked about this an awful lot during this tournament, but, again, it's a pertinent question with Mahler being such a key player for
1: Denmark. Look, I, um, Arnie tends to not change if he doesn't need to. He won't change for the sake of change. If mm. they broke, don't fix it. Um, Frank Couric had a very nervy start. Um, against Tennessee the other day, uh, Milos Daganek, we could see on the sideline actually coaching him um, and prompting him along. So Degenek came on again. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if he actually starts because I think what you'd look at with wing backs that get forward like they do on both sides, you want your fullbacks sitting in. If our fullbacks you know do manage to get forward, you're going to have to get one of the sixes, um, whether it be Aaron Moy or Jackson Irvine, to get across and do that cover. You don't want to drag your centre-backs out of shape, mm. out of that middle area of the pitch. So um, we might not be as adventurous getting full-backs going forward as much as we did. Um, they'll play the support from underneath They'll underlap rather than overlap and, and only get around the outside when it's clearly a good opportunity to do so.
0: Now we have mentioned Denmark's strengths and obviously there's quite a few of them, but uh, in terms of potential weaknesses... Uh, strangely enough, they've found creating clear-cut opportunities and scoring goals quite difficult. They've only scored once so far at this World Cup. Uh, that came from a defender, Andreas Christensen. Uh, and in the first two games, they've changed their uh, th- their strikers around. They played a front two of uh, Kasper Dahlberg and Skov Olsen on match day one. And then they went with Andreas Cornelius on match day two, and I do see that their coach Shulman does, has joked he'd love to have Erling Haaland on loan anybody? for the World Cup. I think most nations would say that, but uh, if if that's, uh, I mean, we're probably splitting hairs here, but that's probably something that they've not quite got right yet at this. No, team. I
1: think if you look at, you know, 10, only ten shots at goal, you've got to look at at how you play in that front third of the pitch. You know, what sort of players you want. Do you want to have a striker that plays with his back to goal. Do you want someone that gets off his shoulders? It's They're still trying to sort themselves out. They've got the rest of it pretty good mm. if you actually think about it. Um, but that part of the pitch, they they, I wouldn't call it a problem because they're quality individuals. Um, but I think you'd have to play... You'd have to think he would have some sort of consistency and start. Uh, maybe who started in the last game because it was a damn good performance uh, by Denmark against France the other night yeah. despite the fact they got beaten. Yeah, they're going to be a tough knot to crack. But uh, the good news, of course,
0: is that a point should be enough unless Tunisia beat France, who are, of course, already qualified. And that's the unknown uh, from the French point of view. What sort of a
1: team, they will stick out against Tunisia? I can't see... You don't want to lose a game in a World Mm. Cup because it interrupts your rhythm. You want to get momentum. Um, You build momentum by playing not maybe so much your best players. You can tweak things a little bit, but you need to get... Your systems going, and you need to get the players uh, comfortable with each other. I mean, I go, I'll keep on harping back to the this whole tournament. The the the, the nations haven't had a long cha- a long time to actually prepare. Um, so, but
0: know, this is a chance for them to rest the likes of Mbappe, Griezmann, yeah. the key players because they've won the group. They could bring it's, them off the bench. Though. Yeah, yeah, of course they could if if required. Um, Anyway, look, let's hope from an Australian point of view that uh, France fulfil their part of the bargain. Even a draw against Tunisia uh, is enough, providing Australia get the job done against Denmark. They've played each other on four occasions in the past. Uh, One win for Australia. That was a friendly before the World Cup in Johannesburg in 2010. Uh, One draw and two defeats. Uh, so that's our look ahead to the game on Wednesday local time, Thursday morning in Australia from uh, the Danish point of view. Uh, tomorrow we will touch on what Australia need to do and how they might line up. Don't forget to download Keep Up. Uh, The home of everything A-Leagues and watch the new docu-series, A-Leagues All Access. Today on Keep Up, uh, David Wiener on the A-League spy with a direct line to Danish goalkeeper Kasper Schmeichel. And you can read all the reaction to round two of the Liberty A-League women's season. That's all available on the Keep Up app or at keepup.com.au. You're listening to the Global Game at the World Cup thanks to Kraken.com, your secure crypto partner. Kraken.com, broadcast sponsor of SEN's coverage of the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022.
2: Milinkovic Savage lays it off. Shot comes in from Alexander Mitrovic and the striker gets his Goal puts Serbia 3-1 up and now he's in behind the defence again Vincent Abubakar, Chubo Motting to his inside Abubakar, oh it's game it's tied all up Eric Maxim Tripo Motting has tied the game at 3-all and Vincent Abubakar the captain has been the difference maker
1: for Cameroon back post and it's 2-all sensational and Joe I think he's got his brace on yeah. the back post Mensah, there's the ball Here's a shot, 3-2 Gardner back in front And it's that man again Kudus with his brace
2: Squares it inside, lovely touching. in oh! oh what a goal What a finish From Casemiro That is Brazilian Beauty Joga Bonito Brazil One mil
0: Welcome back to the global game at the World Cup. Thanks to Kraken.com, your secure crypto partner. Get in the game at Kraken.com, broadcast sponsor of SEN's coverage of the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022. So let's review all the day nine action, Cozzy. Uh, four games to get through. Jeez, we had some crackers as well, didn't we? Starting we off sure did. at the Al Janoub, the early kickoff in Group G, Serbia and Cameroon. This was a six. Goal thriller! Terrific contest.
1: It was. Um, Serbia looked comfortable. Mm. Thirty minutes out from um, the end of the game, and Cameroon were at sixes and sevens. They they lost the plot a little bit. Um, they scored first, but um, Serbia were leading three-one, and they let Cameroon back in twice. And then it was just a an arm wrestle for the rest of the game. But it's uh, it's a two points that the Serbs are going to have to think they threw away.
0: Absolutely. Particularly as they lost, of course, to Brazil in the opening game. So they've got it all to do uh, on the final day. Uh, no less drama in the game between Ghana and South Korea in Group H at Education City. This was the four o'clock kickoff. Uh, Ghana won it by three goals to two. They were two goals up the Ghanaians. Uh, two brilliant balls into the box from uh, Jordan Ayu. And then back came South Korea, got it back to 2-2 only to slip up at the other end. Another terrific game of football.
1: It was, and the the Koreans totally dominated this game. The amount of entries into the the penalty box, the Ghanaian penalty box, in that last 10 or 15 minutes was phenomenal, but they just could not find a way. Ghana defended great, and it was, was, look, I think it was probably a victory well-deserved. So
0: South Korea basically hanging on by a threat to this World Cup, which is disappointing for them, because they came in with... Uh, Not high expectations, because they're in a a massively tough group, of course, but uh, just the one point to show from the two games, and I actually think they play pretty well, the South Koreans.
1: Yeah, they do. They move the ball around well. They're busy, but I guess where they tend to maybe fall down a bit is around the edge of the box. Yeah. You know, especially teams that sit back and and have numbers in there, and they're solid, and the bigger teams, the stronger teams, the more physical teams, they they really struggle to break them down.
0: Okay. uh, On to Group G, or back to Group G. Uh, Switzerland against Brazil. Uh, this was sep- uh, separated by just the one goal. Casemiro with seven minutes to go. Brazil did w- have a goal ruled out uh, by VAR as well. This was uh, at Stadium 974, the seven o'clock kickoff. But that uh, win for the Brazilians, enough to take the favourites through to the second round. What did you make of them? A little bit a little bit less fluent, perhaps, this time than they were against Serbia in, on match day one or not?
1: Look, I think the Swiss played quite well. Mm. In, the, in the middle third and the back third of the pitch, they were great. Where they struggled was in the front third, and they could not break the Brazilians down. You know, Thiago Silva, what a... I mean, we maybe mentioned a bit earlier in, in the week that, um, you know, he's getting on a bit, and he might be a, a bit of a weakness for the Brazilian defence, but he was outstanding tonight. Yeah. But the Swiss just could not break him down. And look, at 1-0, what a fantastic finish it was from Casemiro as well. It was a clever finish, A little bit of luck and slight deflection, but... Um, look, they probably deserve to win that on... on play. Yeah,
0: given that we've, we've bigged up Thiago Silva, and rightly so, but he is 38, do you think that might come back to, to, to haunt Brazil later on in the tournament? Uh, it was perhaps the one slight question mark against them ahead of this World
1: Cup. Look, that's a possibility, but he looks in good nick, and he was nice and solid, and he's comfortable. And the thing is, he's experienced, and he knows how far he can push himself. And that's a, the great thing about these professionals that have been around for such a long time.
0: Uh, the final game of the night was at uh, Lusail, just down the road from us. The 10 o'clock kickoff in Group H. That was uh, Portugal against Uruguay, and Portugal have got the job done. Cristiano Ronaldo not on the score sheet this time. A couple of goals for Bruno Fernandes in the 54th minute, and then a penalty in stoppage time. Another entertaining game, but it was, uh,
1: Uruguay on the brink now. Well, we talked, uh, you know, yesterday in the in the uh, preview about this game, about how Uruguay might get stuck into Portugal, and they did. Um, Ronaldo wasn't targeted, but he was on the ground a little bit. But there was a, there was a few, there was a lot of nastiness in the first half an hour, um, which is to be expected. But look, Portugal for me looked great. Um, it's interesting, you know, they they struggled in their first um, their first game but, against Ghana. Yeah, yep. but the Ghanaians go at them, and they've got flair. Uruguay a lot less. Um, what what I, How would you describe it? They don't. They sit back. Mm. and so they allow Portugal time to move the ball around, and when they get on the move, they're, they're really good to watch. Bruno Fernandes was outstanding tonight, Bernardo Silva, unbelievable footballers, and um, I think you mentioned Cristiano Ronaldo. He tried to, he tried to nick that first goal, banana <laughs> uh, Bruno Fernandes knocked the cross, and I couldn't see the snick on it, but uh, he must have felt it or thought he felt it, and then I, I know he wouldn't have been too happy when the penalty was awarded at the end of another, not a dubious VAR call because it was a handball. It stopped the progress. Fernandez was clean through with a one-on-one with the keeper, so um, it was a fair result, I think. On on the play in general, Portugal deserved to win.
0: So the group age standings after two games played: Portugal are through. They've got uh, maximum six points from two games. Uh, Ghana in second on three, and then South Korea and Uruguay on a point apiece, going into the final round of matches in that section. Uh, thanks for the moment, Cosy. Before the break, let's head to Stats Insider's Ryan Lever for their preview of tonight's games. Thanks to Betfair. Find better odds on the World Cup. Thanks to Betfair. Gamble responsibly. Call 1800 858
3: 858. Thanks, Simon. Stats Insider is Australia's leading predictive analytics website for the world's biggest sports, including the World Cup. We've partnered with Betfair for the 2022 World Cup to bring you the latest odds and data-driven probabilities for tonight's matches in Qatar. With the final round of group games beginning tonight, we have four matches in two time slots, starting with the Netherlands versus Qatar and Senegal versus Ecuador. The Netherlands are rated as having a 79% chance of winning this one, whilst Qatar has just a 7% chance of getting a win in their final attempt on home soil. The Senegal-Ecuador matchup, though, is a Group A game presenting some nice value. With Senegal's fair odds to win at $3.08, meaning we have a lean on the $3.30 you can get at betfair.com.au. Also tonight, Wales and England face off with the English looking to lock in first place in Group B. Our model projects them as a 66.3% chance to win. A Wales upset though is where some slight value lies with our fair odds of $7.50 producing a lean on the $9 available at betfair.com.au. The other Group B game sees Iran taking on the US with a win for either side securing their spot in the knockout stage. After two draws in their first two games, the US is favoured to get the win with odds of $2.10 at betfair.com.au And with our fair odds of $2.05, the head-to-head value lies with America. As always, make sure you check the final teams, see who's in and out, and continue to visit statsinsider.com.au for data-driven insights and analysis during the FIFA World Cup. And, of course, visit betfair.com.au for the best odds and markets throughout the tournament in Qatar.
0: That update thanks to Betfair. Don't settle for the odds given. Find better odds on the World Cup at Betfair. Gamble responsibly. Call 1800 858 858. Yes, welcome back to the Global Game at the World Cup, thanks to Kraken.com, trusted by 9 million crypto customers worldwide. Kraken.com, broadcast sponsors of the FIFA World Cup, Qatar 2022. Uh, so, cosy another four games to preview on day 10 of the World Cup, and we're into the final round of matches with simultaneous kickoffs to decide the group. So here is where it gets really interesting. Uh, group A, this is how it stands after two matches each. Uh, the Netherlands top on four points, plus two in terms of goal difference. That's the first tiebreaker decider. Uh, Ecuador in second, also on four points, also plus two goal difference. Senegal in third with three points, uh, zero goal difference. And Qatar, they're already out of it, no points, minus four goal difference. Uh, their interest will end after their game uh, against the Netherlands, which we'll preview shortly. But the key game in this group uh, is at the Khalifa International. Six o'clock kickoff. Senegal against Ecuador. A point will be enough for Ecuador, and the way they've played so far in Doha, Kazi, you'd fancy them to take all three.
1: You would think so. They've uh, they've been impressive. Uh, to be perfectly frank, I, I like the way they go about their business. They're very very solid. Um, they have lost the swaters um, through suspension, yep. I believe. So. Um, It's a big hole to fill because he runs a show in the middle of the park. Um, Alongside Jackson Mendes, I think. um, I think it might be
0: uh, Mendes who's who's, uh, suspended. Anyway, it's one of the two, but you're right. That central midfield partnership has been
1: hugely impressive. It has. So Look, whoever wins this game, and that's what they'll both be looking to do, is going to go through. Mm -hmm. Senegal have got less points. They have to win. To get ahead, um, you know, you get into that argument again or that discussion about you only need a point. You can't play for a point though, you have to play to win the game. I think Ecuador will be going out to win it. And, um, you know, their strike has been um, unbelievable, to be perfectly honest. And a Valencia. He's mm. what a fantastic footballer, great finisher, um, hard worker, he's clever, um, puts himself about, he's, uh, he's a really strong individual and a key for that team to be successful. Yeah, he is having a standout World Cup. He's 33 now. Had a
0: disappointing spell you might remember with West Ham a few years ago, but uh, three goals in Doha is on fire in Qatar. Can Senegal uh, get the job done for uh, their supporters? They've coped well so far without Sadio Mane and can probably take a bit of inspiration from uh, Morocco, of course, who surprisingly beat uh, Belgium.
1: Yeah, look, it, it, um, they could take some joy out of that. Look, I think Ecuador, for me, are going to go through with this one. They yeah. were unlucky um, to draw against the Dutch. Uh, the other they day. battered them, didn't they? Yeah, they the last 20 they, minutes in particular. they completely outstatted them, mm-hmm. uh, for want of a better description. They hit the post, they had lots of shots. Um, they just couldn't get things on target, so um, it's it's a game that they have to win. They they play with a lot of fire in their belly as well. They really get stuck in. They're not uh, they're not shy in terms of mixing it physically as well. So I think for me, it's an Ecuador win here. Okay, uh, let's move on to the other game in Group A, which is
0: Qatar against the Netherlands. That's at the Al Stadium at uh, six o'clock. Uh, Qatar desperate really to end with something positive uh, from their final game. They, they were better in game two, but uh, do they have enough even to get a point against the Dutch in your opinion?
1: No, I don't think so. If the Dutch if the Dutch drop a point against Qatar, then that's because they've played poorly. Their minds are not on the job or whatever. Look, as much as I empathise with Qatar, it's, you know they're the the home nation, uh, but they just haven't got the quality, I don't think, and they certainly they lack experience at this level, and that shows. It really showed in their first game against Ecuador. And it was only 2-0, but it could have been a hell of a lot more And Ecuador took their foot off the pedal in the second half. Um, so, you know, for me, it's, it's got to be a Netherlands. When Netherlands will want to finish top of this group, mm. I think, because assuming they'll be playing um, second in Group B... Um, they don't, I guess they're figuring that England will hopefully go through top of that, that group as well. I don't think the Dutch will want to pick up England in the uh, the round of 16. Yeah, I don't think England will want to pick up the Dutch no. in the round
0: of 16 either. Um, let's move on to Group B, which uh, is, as you rightly mentioned, England's group. And here's how it stands in that section after two games. Uh, England top four points with a plus four goal difference. Iran in second with three points, but they're minus two in the goal difference. USA in third, two points and uh, zero goal difference. And Wales bottom at the moment with just the solitary point, and they are minus two in terms of their goal difference. Uh, The USA against Iran uh, at the Al-Thumama, that's a 10 o'clock kickoff, goodness me. Uh, Talk about a game of political drama. Uh, There's off-field tension already for this one, Cosy The USA official Twitter page posting uh, the table, Group B, which showed the Iranian flag without the emblem of the Islamic Republic. And it was deliberate. Yep. It was only left up for an hour. It was supposed to be in support of, of the women who, are of course, and you know the situation that's going on in Iran at the moment, uh, after which it was corrected. But it was done deliberately, and already the Iranians are firing up or so, certain segments of that society, saying they should be thrown out of the World Cup for... Their political statements.
1: Well, so this it's, is going to be a fiery one, isn't it it? it? it will be, and you sort of start to wonder whether um, you get that similar type of motivation that we had with um, with the, was it Serbia that um, who was it the Croatians when um, the Canadian coach had a, yes. he had a bit of a crack that they yeah. were going he was going to f them big time, mm. and uh, Croatia really gave them a hiding. You got to wonder whether um, the US making a, a, a political statement like that's going to win. Um, The Iranian team up Whether they agree with the politics that's happening at home or not um, It's a slight upon their nation Mm. Uh, And they've got to take that personally And Look, Iran struggled in game one Um, It was a sad It wasn't the Iran that we knew They came back for a great victory um, in game two And um, did exceptionally well They played with passion They played with fire They scored late um, But they got the points and it was after the Welsh had lost their goalkeeper through, I guess, a question... Not questionable, but it was a silly challenge, I guess, that, that left them exposed down to 10 men and Iran get the victory. So it, um, there's a lot for them to play for. And um, the Americans, like, whoever wins this one could actually has got a good chance of going through. Well, I mean,
0: the Americans have to win. Uh, a point I don't think is going to be enough. Or it could be, of course, if, if England uh, defeat Wales. And strangely enough, a point... Might not be enough for Iran if Wales were to beat England because of their goal difference. Yeah. Um, so it's a really intriguing group. And, and don't rule out the Americans. I thought they were terrific against a, a poor England side, it must be said, on match day two. Uh, the Americans, good value for their point. They're pressing from their young side was very, very good, but uh, they're struggling up top a little bit for goals. Uh, let's talk about the England-Wales game, which is the Ahmed Bin Ali, uh, also a 10 o'clock kickoff, of course, the simultaneous kickoffs to prevent any collusion uh, about the results in these groups. Uh, it, this is almost the version of an international local derby. Um, England almost through. A point will certainly take them through, but as you say, they want to finish top. Uh, as for Wales who will be without Wayne Hennessey, as you mentioned, dismissed in the second game. Uh, but they got to win. They have to.
1: They And look, the Welsh want to restore some pride because um, they did not play well um, against Iran the other night. They had a great battle against the US in game one. They had a poor first half, really came back in the second. Um, Kiefer Moore was a substitute that came on at half-time and, and did a great job. He started... Um, against Iran, but I think what if Wales are going to get anything out of this, they need more out of their two key players Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey yeah. because they they were almost missing in action. Um, a lot of Welsh people that are with our group actually um, were really disappointed in, in Bale's I guess lack of leadership, and uh, so they there's pride for them on the line, massive pride because they haven't been in a World Cup since 1958. Mm. And like you said, it is a local derby. A Welsh win well, could see them through. Yeah, wouldn't that be a great achievement after all this time? Sure
0: would. Uh, From England's perspective, Gareth Southgate, uh, and you knew this was going to be the case after the goalless draw with the Americans, getting plenty of stick for not getting the best out of what is a talented group. Is is that fair criticism? I mean, they did have a big win against Iran on match day one.
1: Yeah, but Iran capitulated. It wasn't. England played okay that game, but Iran just caved in. Um, They had. You could see the the weight of political grief on their shoulders even before they started the match. They didn't sing the national anthem that day. Um, there were protests in the stand by their supporters. Um, you know, there was a lot of other stuff that really shouldn't affect the mind of a footballer, but it is because they're such a passionate country. So, um, look, I think England, uh, and rightly so, Gareth Southgate should cop a little bit of stick. Phil Foden didn't come off the bench the other night. When he, that's a strange one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, you've got a guy that's in great form for Manchester City. And scoring goals, and yet um, he doesn't play when you actually need to win a game. Maybe he's
0: going to be starting against the Welsh. Uh, who knows? So, Cosy, just before we leave it, um, in Group A, I'm taking it you're going for the Netherlands and Ecuador to get through, Yep, correct? Yep, I'll go with that too. And in Group B, England and who? Oh,
1: it's a tough one. I, Assuming I, you are going for England no, to get through. I think, yeah. I think <laughs> Wales can probably give them a scare, but I think England are, are good enough. To get across the line. Mm-hmm. Um, the other game I can't pick between Iran and the USA. It's going to be a tough one. Who gets second in that group? So, assuming Wales lose, they'll be out. And um, I'm probably going to have a go at the States. To be honest, I'd, I'd like to see them get through. I love the way they go about their business. You know, Pulisic in the middle of the park. The young guy McKenny that wears the the red, red, white and blue. Um, hair. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a mate. And he was he buzzes. You know, Adams, um, Weir. Timothy Weir yeah. and you've got Musa. The, what a quality player he is as well. So they've got some great characters. Got a good
0: generation. They coming have. They've got they? a very
1: good generation. I like to see them get through and see how far they can go.
0: All right. So uh, England and the US for Cosi. Um, I'll go with England and Iran. I think Iran are going to get fired up for this one and get the point uh, that they need. But we'll see who's correct. Uh, thanks, Cosi, for the moment. That's it from Cosi, and I in Doha today. The rest of the day's news from Qatar coming up right after the break.
2: Go Cameroon up the right sideline and a powerful shot unleashed by Pierre Kunde who was on a tight angle on the right edge of the area but he had to make the goalkeeper work. Ships onto his hand cross back into Vinicius oh. Jr. Saved by Jan Sommer who covered at the back posts. And then back around to Rafinha. Makes a long shot. That's what we're talking about. Unleashed from distance, straight into the breadbasket of the goalkeeper.
4: Yes, hello everybody and welcome back to the Global Game, episode 10 of our World Cup edition. Thank you very much again to Simon and Cozzy on the ground in Doha for another fantastic wrap-up of the day. And preview of what's coming up tonight on SEN. Cannot wait for that. Alex Monchonoff, back with you for the daily update. Those were the greatest saves of the day that you just heard for schnitz, the best hands in the schnitzel business. Schnitz, handcrafted schnitzels. We've got a bit coming up today and uh, first we're going to start with the Socceroos as we do so many days because the Football Australia media team has been pumping out some fantastic content across their social media channels. The first of them that I'm going to play for you this evening is a few of the players reacting to those great scenes from Mitchell Duke's goal down in Federation Square in Melbourne, also around the country at different pubs and clubs on Saturday night. A moment that I've said before... On this show, will go down in the history books forever. But it's very, very special getting to watch the players admire their own work. So have a listen to Jamie McLaren, Aaron Moy, and Jackson Irvine watching back those pictures from Saturday night. It gives me goosebumps seeing that because that's in Melbourne. You know, that's my hometown. That's what we want to do. That's what we want to make everyone happy. And... The video tells the story, so it's brilliant. I was probably that young kid doing that in 06 and stuff and in, in 2010, so, yeah, to bring joy to our Australian faces is refreshing and it's nice because they also deserve it. We're just a bunch of honest guys that represent our country and, and nothing prouder than to win the game. And it's not just the content from after the occasion. How about before the occasion? The camera's taking us inside the Socceroos dressing room moments before they took the pitch against Tunisia, and the big voice in there was not even starting. It was Milos Degenek who came on and put in a fantastic performance late. We talked about his social media post and what the win meant to him yesterday. This is how he was feeling before the game. Graham Arnold off the back of it. Of yeah. Every single one of
2: us knows why we're here. Every single one of us knows why we're here. Yeah. Every single one of us. The ones that are starting, the ones that are on the bench are here for a reason to do a yeah. job. And we do that job today and then we do it again in four days. And we get out of this group and we keep going. Stunned. So Leave nothing in the tank after this game. Come out here, we have to drag you off that pitch, we drag you off that pitch, but leave everything out there for yourselves, for your friends, for your family, for your teammates. Make sure no one comes back in here with more energy and nothing else, yeah? Leave everything out on the pitch. Come on, come on. on, Nothing more to say? The teammates have it. Just get out there and do the job.
1: Yep, start the This is your come on, stage. Come on. This
4: is your time. Let's come on. go. Come on. Fantastic to look back, and it's a night we'll be looking back on for a very, very long time as Socceroos fans and as Australian football fans in general. An historic night against Tunisia on Saturday, but it's time to look forward. And Denmark are coming Thursday morning, 2 a.m. You'll be able to hear it across SEN as well as across the screens of SBS. Aidan Hrustic hasn't started yet at this World Cup, which was a surprise coming in. Obviously, he suffered that injury playing for Hellas Verona before coming across. And he spoke to the media overnight about the journey back and what being at this World Cup has meant to him after he thought he might miss out on it altogether.
5: Uh, look, I've had a long five weeks, I have to say, and... Um, I've been doing everything I can, what's in my hands, to be ready for this World Cup and um, obviously I wasn't fit enough for the first game. And I was happy to get through half an hour against Tunisia. Um, You know, and uh, no injuries, thank God, and I feel good. And now we'll wait and see what happens uh, against Denmark.
4: walk us through those five weeks for you because obviously i imagine it must have been a nightmare for you with a world cup coming up afraid that you'd miss it just what was some of the work you were doing and some of the emotions you were feeling during that period
5: when it first happened i actually tore the grass up with my with my hand and then i was going please please no like i thought it was going to be worse than what it was and thank god um it wasn't um and you know it took me a week to you know for it to calm down a bit and then i just started hitting the gym and doing my exercises and you know get my heart pumping just so i don't lose fitness and um that lasted for about two and a half weeks um, and then i started running in the pool which uh, gave me some kind of hope and joy and then when i got out into that pitch i i realized how much i love football and um you know you realize how how special football is in such a tournament like this and um you know i've been i've been uh you know so to say difficult moment but you know this this has made me stronger
4: great to hear from our socceroos heroes every day thanks to football australia and also thanks to the press conference we'll bring you all of that tomorrow ahead of the denmark game that crucial crucial game thursday morning at 2 a.m there's a few games before that, though, as Simon and Cozzy have just run their eye over, so I'm going to bring you some of the stuff that's been happening in the press conferences ahead of this one, because, boy, hasn't that been spicy. The American press conference was, wasn't was so much about football. There were football questions asked, but uh, to Tyler Adams and the USA head coach, Greg Beralta, they were put through a, a series of questions from Iranian journalists regarding the flag, the the protests in Iran. It was a question of race in the United States. I'll play you that question and Tyler Adams' response to it here.
3: First of all, you say you support the Iranian people, but you're pronouncing our country's name wrong. Our country is named Iran, not Iran. Please, once and for all, let's get this clear. Second of all, um, are you okay to be representing a country that has so much discrimination against black people in its own borders? And uh, we saw the Black Lives Matter movement uh, over the past few years. Are you okay to be representing the U.S.? Meanwhile, there's so much discrimination happening against black people in America.
4: My apologies on uh, the mispronunciation of your country. Um, Yeah, that being said... You know there's discrimination uh, everywhere you go, um, you know one thing that I've learned especially from living abroad in the past years and uh, having to fit in in different cultures and, and kind of assimilate into different cultures um, is that in the US we're, we're continuing to make progress uh,
5: every single day.
4: That's not an easy situation to be put in a press conference, I'm not sure if the, the media team were expecting this sort of thing. From the Iranis, of course, the U.S. put up a social media post earlier in the week in support of the women protesting in Iran at the moment. There's been some hard crackdowns in that country against them. But they did it by posting the Iranian flag without the Islamic symbol in the middle of it. So the questioning didn't end there. They were asked about the flag, about the protests, managed to get through those questions. And then were asked about the U.S.'s military fleet, about Iranian nationals not being allowed into the U.S. without a visa, Uh, it was quite extraordinary. And the Americans, well, we knew that these clashes overnight were going to be seriously, seriously something else just beyond sport. It has really, really ramped up after those press conferences. It's going to be very, very interesting to watch that one at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. Thankfully, there was some football talk at the press conferences before the game. England and Wales both having their say. So I'm going to bring you a few bits of audio here. First, Gareth Southgate talking about what England plan to do considering they don't need to win the game against Wales. The Welsh coach Rob Page talking about very much needing to win the game and Gareth Bale talking about getting up for these big fixtures and why he's been so successful in them for Wales over the past half decade or so.
5: Yeah, they obviously have some world-class players who can produce moments of brilliance and have done for a long time with their clubs, with their country. Um, They have a good spirit, they have good organisation. So um, we know the quality of the Ukraine team they beat to get to uh, these finals. And um, we know that they seem to have additional motivation to play against England, from what they say. Um that we've got to be prepared for all of those things.
3: We've just got to focus on us. And uh and, and like I said, we, we wanna the group want a positive reaction. We wanna go and show a red wall that we're not just here to
5: to give disappointing performances. We wanna go out now and give a good account of ourselves Um no of course. We're we're disappointed in, in the results and, and some of the performances, but um it's football, it's not easy. We're at a World Cup against some some very good teams, but I think the one thing we know, we'll we'll always give 100%. So um, we've been working hard the last few days on on trying to make things better and and correct things. And yeah, we don't need to get anyone going. We just need to uh, just keep working hard and hopefully things will will turn around for us.
4: Exciting morning of action coming up from 6 a.m., England versus Wales. You'll hear that on SEN Fanatic. You'll have to switch on the app if you're up in Sydney. If you're down in Melbourne, of course, it's on digital radio as well. And the USA-Iran game as well will be available via the SEN app as the breakfast shows go to air at 6 o'clock tomorrow morning. Now, coming up tomorrow morning, Group A is on from 2 a.m. Senegal taking on Ecuador in what is effectively a qualifier. The Netherlands trying to cruise their way through. They're already through the group. Qatar are already out. That's the other game you'll be able to hear on the SEN app if you so choose. But Senegal against Ecuador will be the one streaming through your radio dial if you wake up in the wee hours tomorrow morning. And then from 6am, Group B is decided, I already mentioned this, Wales taking on England, that's the main game. And then the US-Iran game you'll be able to find only on the SEN app. That first game you'll have to look for on your digital radio or as well, the SEN app. Just the best way to, to get it all. Simon and Cosy are back from 10pm Australian Eastern Daylight Time. On SEN, the podcast, as always, will be out around 6 o'clock to give you all your preview goodness going into the night's matches. Alex Molchanov signing off for the global game. Simon Okozi back tomorrow. Enjoy the night's action. Enjoy your football.